0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Spongebob Binge Pants. I'm Hector. We're so happy that you're here. Happy holidays. Merry Xmas. In case you haven't done it already, this is the perfect time of the year to go back and revisit some of your favorite Spongebob episodes that maybe put you in the festive spirit. Might I recommend the classic season two episode, Christmas Who? With a question mark. That's the one where Sandy Cheeks teaches Spongebob about Christmas traditions. It's lovely perfect time to get your friends and family together and re-watch some of your favorite holiday-themed SpongeBob episodes. Today, we've got a very special treat for you. We are showing you a classic episode of the Nickelodeon Animation Podcast, where I, Hector, actually had the distinct honor of talking with the supervising producers and showrunners of SpongeBob SquarePants, Vince Waller and Mark Ceccarelli. This was a fantastic interview. And you know what? So much has changed in the Spongebob universe since I had a chance to talk to these two brilliant gentlemen. This is a great, great talk. I loved learning about their backstory, their history with animation as a whole. So we really hope that you enjoy today's episode of Spongebob Binge Pants. Nick, Nick,
1: Nick, Nick, Nick,
0: Nick, Nick, Nick. Nickelodeon animation in Burbank California this is the Nickelodeon animation podcast hi I'm your host Hector Navarro welcome to the podcast today we're gonna talk about something absorbent something yellow something porous something spongy that's right we're diving deep Deep to get to Bikini Bottom and into the worldwide phenomenon that is SpongeBob SquarePants. For this behind the scenes look at the sponge, we're talking to supervising producers and showrunners Vince Waller and Mark Ceccarelli to have them tell us how the heck they keep things fresh after 10 seasons and 200 episodes. Are you ready, kids? I can't hear you! Thank you so much for coming in. This Pleasure is uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. When when you were a kid, did you decide I think I want to work in animation? Where did it start?
2: Well, for me, even though I was completely enamored with Warner Brothers cartoons and watching them, you know, on the three times a day that we had access to them, yeah, whatever came up, I was just glued to the set, whether it was Sniffles or whether you know it was. Uh, you know, some wild Bob Clampett cartoon with people getting shot in the face. (laughs) But it never occurred to me at that point that I might actually end up in animation. I didn't even I was at that point, you know, because they were already starting to ship stuff overseas. And they were, you know, everybody was like, well, they don't even do that here in the States anymore. Yeah. From Texas, if you can't tell by that. (laughs) Um, So I didn't really have high hopes of doing that. And I wasn't even sure that I was going to end up in the art field. I, I started in the business doing caricatures at Six Flags Over Texas for uh, basically a dollar drawing. Uh, but through that, I, I met people in comic books. The yeah. comic books led to animation and then here. What comic books did you do? Uh, my friend Bob Camp, who was also in animation, everybody knows and worked on Ren and Stimpy. He got uh, hired at Crazy Magazine, whose editor was Larry Hamma. Larry Hama also did Savage Sword of Conan, yeah. Savage Tales, basically GI Joe. Yes, he you know pretty much invented GI Joe. Uh, I just started sending him drawings for, and I bugged him with drawings for about two years with him just sending back notes saying, "Well, this is stupid, and this doesn't make sense, <laughs> and this is like you should do this is too flat, and, and then one day he bought one, and actually when he bought it, I was uh, I had come to California to try to break into animation and found that. I had no portfolio. I had barely, very little skills, so I ended up washing pots at the Huntington Sheridan. But I was sending Larry my stuff, and he bought one of my pinups, and that was pretty much all it took for me to go, I think maybe I'll go to New York and see if I can live there. And then you went to New York. I went to New York. And, How long were you in New York? Uh, seven years from when I got there yeah. till when Bob and I then moved towards animation. So right when you felt like you were a New Yorker, you moved out of there? <laughs> yes. I got the flavor for it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it, but it's a, it's, you know, it was... For the first couple of years I was there, it was like, well, Vincent, what are you going to have today, a sandwich or a thing of Hagen dazs These are your choices. <laughs> so it's not the easiest town in the world to live in if you're not yeah. rolling in bucks.
0: Absolutely. Mark, what about you? When? What kind of stuff did you love as a kid, first of all? What would you love?
1: Well, probably my first big cartoon love was uh, Popeye. Uh, yeah. I, I grew up in Bakersfield, but we would get uh, a channel from L.A. called um, KTLA, yeah. uh, Channel 5. Mm-hmm. And every Sunday, there was a three-hour block of Popeye comer- cartoons, uh, uh, and of course, I loved Disney. Sure, I loved all the Disney cartoons growing up. I think that was, you know, I, I, I was tended to be like drawn towards the uh, the more physical comedy type of cartoons. So it was <laughs> generally the more classic cartoons that sure. I was into during my teenage years. I, I got more into like horror films and yeah. and you know, surreal films. Directors like you know. Alejandro Jodorowsky and mm-hmm. David Lynch and you know all the really weird guys Yeah. <laughs> so then I went to uh CalArts in in the live action program not in the animation
0: program. Oh, cool. Yeah. But did you make the switch there at CalArts or, or Well,
1: I when I was at CalArts there was a, a job posting on the the job board uh, for uh, somebody was looking for somebody who knew how to make puppets and I worked a lot with uh, puppets and sculpting and oh, cool. effects type stuff and uh, that person happened to be uh, Doug Lawrence, Mr. Lawrence <laughs> and uh, at, the was, if you don't know. Yeah, at the time he was at the time I think he was working on um, Rocco's Modern Life and uh, you know I kept in touch with him and, and worked on shorts with him over the years doing, doing stuff with him and eventually I started editing his shorts and then he was sort of like my back door into animation. Cool. So, yeah, I got I got sidetracked for about ten or fifteen years. Um, I, I ended up working for a um, a company called Don Post Studios, sculpting Halloween masks, designing and sculpting Halloween masks, making the things that I used to look in the back of horror magazines, going,
0: I wish I had the money to buy that one. <laughs> well, I really wish I had the money to buy that <laughs> one. i probably worn your work on my face. Cool. So <laughs> Since you were on Ren and Stimpy I was how did you get
2: on Ren and Stimpy was that through New York was that in LA when did that happen uh, no that was in LA I'd uh, been working at Deke on a show called The Real Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and on the same floor John Chris Crisvelusi and my friend Bob Camp were working on Beanie and Cecil which was for Deke and about Six months into that production, they actually walked in and told everybody to put their pencils down and they all left. They were all fired. Wow. Then Bob and John and Jim Jim Smith, Lynn Naylor, Jim Gomez uh, all started Spumco where they were trying to pitch these cartoon ideas. And then at some point they pitched their cartoon to Vanessa Coffey. And she chose, she's like, well, these are all nice, but I like these two guys. Who are these two guys? And yeah. she was pointing to Ren and Stimpy down in the corner yeah. <laughs> and he said, well, that's Ren Hoek and Stimpson and, Stimps and J. Cat. Or they basically, they got the pilot. And I knew they were working on the pilot. And one day I went over to uh, uh, John's house for one of his parties, and there was a, a George Liquor storyboard there—one that never got made of George Liquor, Tick and Run, and Stimpy Hunting. And during the party, in my most inebriated fashion, I went through the storyboard and basically pitched it out loud. <laughs> and the next day, I got a phone call. And I was like, ring, ring, pick it up. And it's like, yeah. He's like, hey, it's John. I was like, John, K okay? He's like, yeah, John. He's like, you're funny. You want a job? He's like, yes, yes, please, I want a job. Please let me go work on cartoons.
0: <laughs> that is where I need to be. That's hilarious. So talking about the long history of SpongeBob SquarePants and its origins and where it came from, a lot of that original crew came from Ren and Stimpy, yep. came from Rocco's Modern Life. How do you guys think that those shows influence the style of SpongeBob?
2: Other than the fact that they were all cartoonists that were just re- up up until Ren and Stimpy, when you were a cartoonist and you were working in animation, pretty much someone handed you a script and yeah. they said, "Draw this exactly the way it's written. Mm-hmm. Don't change anything." And then I'll give you notes on it after we're done. Yeah. So after the Spumco thing, that was cartoonists actually being trusted to tell a story, trusted to do their job. Yeah. Um, and I think that empowered a whole lot of people that kind of expanded exponentially from Spumco and bled into, you know, all, you know, cause that just naturally attracts good people that want to tell a story. So I think, you know, a lot of, when Spumco ended a lot of, you know, those people had branched out and it was just fortuitous that they, they had were able to hone their chops as far as learning storytelling, whatever, you know, natural abilities they had already that, you know, they just, if you actually get to do it, you get better at it. And, uh, I think it was just, um uh, you know, right at the right moment when those people went on to the Spongebob crew, met with Steve, and his little idea that developed from, you know, when he was going to be a marine biologist teaching kids what algae was <laughs> with Spongeboy. Mark,
0: you are relatively newer to the SpongeBob family. You came in around 2011, is that right? Somewhere 2010ish. 2010ish. Yeah. Do you remember where you were when you first heard of SpongeBob SquarePants? Like what did you see? What did you think of it? What did you make of it as a sort of outsider looking yeah, at it? Yeah, I
1: you know, I I always stayed uh, interested in cartoons. You know, that never went away. Of course. So,
0: it doesn't go away. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so I kept I kept up on like the cartoons that I liked. I mean, Ren and Stimpy was so inspirational. I mean, when I was at Cal Arts uh, in the live action program, I was, I was like so like envious of everybody in the animation program. I was, I was like, I, I think I made a mistake, <laughs> you know, because yeah. that was around the time that that Ren and Stimpy dropped, and it was like it just blew my mind. That's crazy like, to well, think that they could actually still make cartoons you know now like they used to
0: was that the vibe at cal Arch too is that what people were were kind of talking about and stuff
1: yeah there was a lot of you know you could see a lot of people like heavily
2: influenced by ren's yeah on the, on the walls <laughs> i bet yeah. yeah yeah we started getting lots of portfolios full of full of drawings of eyes bugged extreme. it's like every pose was a giant take and it's like i know that's what you think we're doing and that's great that you can do that but we need to the stuff before that too You yeah. have to do a calm drawing that's also appealing when i was
1: uh at CalArts, my last year there, there was a job posting for Ren and Stimpy mm-hmm. on the wall. Oh, man. And, and, you know, I had always still drawn. So I did, I got a bunch of my, my little doodles like that I thought were within the, the realm of, of the Ren and Stimpy world. <laughs> and I went down to, uh, you know, Kinko's and copied them all and, and put them in, a, in an envelope and sent them there, not thinking anything would happen. And um, I came home to the apartment one day, and there was a, a, a call on my answering machine, and it was from Vincent.
0: No way. Yeah, yeah. and he's. Did you he, know this? You think,
1: did you tell me this? I, I think I have,
0: <laughs>
2: okay, but <'cause> this,
1: <laughs> it was from Vincent. He 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 says, you know, this is Vincent Waller on Ren Stimpy. We really like your and i guess i can't say it on here but he said your effing drawings <laughs> <laughs> but we're not we're not hiring right now but it was such a great oh, thing man. that he oh, like he wow. like he like took the time out to actually call me and you know well, tell me because that we really liked his effing drawings, drawings. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: Everybody in the world at this point has at least seen an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. How do you guys go about making an actual episode step by step? What are the processes? What do, how do we do it?
2: It starts in a room full of crazy cartoonists <laughs> that basically just sit around and go, okay, what have we not done? What can we do next? Um, and start bouncing ideas around and we, you know, write them on little cards, just like every writing, you know, every writer group and stick them on the board. And some of them, you go look at them months later and go, what the heck were we <laughs> thinking when we even said those words out loud? But that's how you get to the gyms by, you know, yeah. digging deep and pulling up everything. Going, well, maybe, maybe. Oh, my gosh. A lot of times there will be like, like orphaned cards
1: on the, on the wall that, that, you know, we're like, what was that one? We don't idea? It's like, there'll be like two words. You know, that are supposed to like sort of like describe the the idea like yeah. a title or something, yeah. and we'll we'll all be going like, what was that
2: idea? what what <laughs> what does that open up to? And nobody can remember yeah, obviously these two words <laughs> weren't gonna be enough to sell it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: there's just no context. It's just random like words that yeah. you're like,, I, we don't remember what that was. yeah, That's but so when funny. we do find
2: one, <clears throat> when we do find one that sounds like it's it will actually have legs, we then roll out the whiteboard and usually make Doug Lawrence or Mark, because he's, he actually, Mark, when he writes it, he makes sure that the lines don't dip down to the right that ends up taking up <laughs> most of your whiteboard with trying to fix everything.
0: Just as they're just falling down, <laughs> yes. down, down. so yeah. Mark has, he's,
2: he can be able to anal about that, so it goes a little straighter, and it's it's much <laughs> nice. more clear. But it's nice. either him or D- him or Doug, usually. I've done it a couple of times, but I hate being up there and having to, like, distill everybody's thoughts and mm-hmm. then put it into a line, but they're wow. both very good at it. And then we just start building the story, back wow. and forth and you know well they could do this they could do just this
0: collaboratively everybody mm-hmm. in the room throwing that together at what point do you guys go okay this is the story do you do you have like a certain structure that you're trying to fill out you go okay well this is our you know we have like a 3x structure yep. and this
2: is how Spongebob yeah. does it so that's and basically it it's Okay. for 11 minutes three. it's a very short 3x structure <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
2: you have all that
0: then what happens
2: do you uh, assign it to a writer what's so, the next step we take a picture of the board just in case anybody comes in and erases <laughs> it and we don't remember it and then yeah we uh, uh, sometimes we assign it. Sometimes it's just who's up next, as far as you know, has available time to sit sit and, and yeah. figure it out and, and make it into a solid piece of work. Um, or if someone is particularly drawn to it, sometimes if it was their idea, you know, they they would like to chase it to the end.
0: This is a zany, crazy show, obviously, but there's still rules. Like, what are some of those rules?
1: I think those are a lot of the rules in SpongeBob are, are character-based rules. Like this character wouldn't do this. This is out of his character because because you know SpongeBob's a very has very strong characters, and I think that's one of the reasons it's so successful and it's it's lasted as long as as. And so so most of the most of the rules are are character-based rules mm-hmm. yeah. because We're, obviously we don't have a
2: lot of physical types of rules in the <laughs> totally, show because yes. it's a surreal show. Yeah, it's it's really just things that don't ring true with character. That oftentimes you know somebody will have SpongeBob doing something and it's like. Mm, can you make him not look like he's mad when he's doing that because yeah. he doesn't really have I mean he gets mad, but it's never pointed at somebody. His yeah. his anger is, you know, it's it's not it's diffused. It's a general, you know, thing, a very specific thing that's getting him upset, but he would never turn and go, "Here, yeah! Bastard! <laughs> and, and sometimes the, the people will draw exp- expressions on him that look like that, and you go, yeah. "If you just soften that up, so that it's more an internal thing he's feeling." Whereas Patrick, you can, you know, make him get mad at anybody. Mm-hmm. Squidward, you can obviously make him get mad. That's at anybody. one of the great things about about SpongeBob is that
1: characters are so different that uh, you know, if you write a gag for a character and it doesn't work for them, you can a lot of times you can like transplant it onto another character yeah. that <laughs> it does work with. Stop
0: squidward
2: happy
1: happy 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 birthday
0: happy birthday cake
1: happy 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 birthday it's not my birthday
2: who's your favorite character uh to draw is is probably patrick and plankton because they are the quickest and the easiest
0: Um,
2: but Honestly, it fluctuates. I I like them all for different reasons, you know, uh, working with Sandy, you know, being as she's from Texas, too, because we all started there. So uh, (laughs) I have an affinity for her character. But even though she is really hard to draw in that suit, (laughs) I guess for me, it's SpongeBob. I love SpongeBob. He's so malleable. You know, he's
1: he's the guy who can, like, transform the most. Mm -hmm. So. So, you know, drawing he drawing him is is really fun. Mm -hmm. I I really like uh, Sandy as well. I like. What I like about Sandy is is she's like this She's supposed to be this rational center of the show, yeah. so, so very often we can like make her go crazy and yes. it's extra funny yeah. when she goes crazy.
0: Just talking about comedy in general, mm-hmm. when I tell people about how difficult it is to play like a dumb character, I think it's very difficult to do and pull off and Patrick is, he's yeah. all time. And it's if, all you, time. if
2: you ever get a chance, if you haven't done it, to come in and watch him in that room over there. They put him inside that room because oh. Bill can be a little gassy. <laughs> um, it's actually just so that he and Tom don't talk over each other. But we put him in the room over there and you can see Bill. Bill, when he stands in front of the microphone, it's like, first off, if you don't know Bill Fag he is six foot five at least. And he's when he's getting ready to do Patrick, he stands there and it's like sometimes his arms go up these, he's like, oh, I uh, 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 oh never would have guessed. Now will you show me what's inside your secret box? No,
0: SpongeBob. It's for me to know and for you to never find out. You may be an open book, Spongebob, but I'm a bit more complicated than that. The inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. Spongebob was a board-driven show, and now it's a script-driven show. So I want to ask, first of all, what's the difference between those two, and how and why did Spongebob kind of make the switch? The way cartoons were originally made,
1: they were made by cartoonists because it's a visual medium and when you tend to write a story in a in a board form when you go straight to the drawings you come up with more visual gags people who write scripts tend to if ha- they tend to be very worried <laughs> you know and, and it's also it's also really odd in in animation for people to want to go into animation um, as script writers yeah you know most people enter animation drawing so a lot of people who write scripts in animation tend to be um, people who are slumming
2: it on in, their way to somewhere. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like people who want to write for sitcoms or got it. Uh, recently, we had to find um, a new writer, and we we got you know a stack of submissions, a giant stack of submissions, about a foot and a half high stack. Is <laughs> yeah. Mark was just showing with his hands. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and you know they were all like dialogue heavy, mm-hmm. and a, a lot of people who write scripts have a hard time describing visual gags really all the cartoons that, that I've been drawn to have come from a board writing uh, place and we s- recently switched over to scripts mm-hmm. um, most of our writers most of our script writers actually come from board writing and we won't start a story if it doesn't have a really good visual hook to you know to, to hang the story on yeah like if, if it doesn't seem like a story that's gonna open up to a lot of visual, gag type yeah. possibilities, then we tend to like push that one aside sure, for sure, one sure.
2: That, that that has a, a good visual hook.
0: At what point is the script ready? Then what happens after that?
2: Uh, well, we skipped a couple. We, we go from whiteboard to premise and then we throw the premise up the line to make sure that Nickelodeon doesn't have any like... Problems with the story if mm. they like the story and they go whoosh, go ahead. That's usually like about um, one or two paragraphs to just, to just to to describe the story, just the high point, get that that uh, approval, and then it, from there, let's go script. Then we well we flesh out an outline <laughs> to make sure it's all there, um, and then we go script. And yeah.
0: then for the okay, great. <laughs> the outlines
2: are usually about uh, three pages long. They're broken into
1: three x structure, yeah. and then we take those outlines and we you know we pour over them and we we make changes. We all all the writers together it's a group group it's yeah. yeah we just go through it and anything that bugs any of us <laughs> uh we we you know voice the concern to the room it's a very democratic process on Damn. our show it's a room full of funny guys yeah, so. who,
2: who can make who laugh the loudest yeah. Yeah. <laughs> man those people will laugh at anything hey don't sweat it kid i got them all warmed up for you
0: put your pins together for spongebob SquarePants.
2: Ladies and jellyfish, have you ever noticed salt shakers? I mean, you fill them up every night at closing, and I mean, where does it all go? Huh? You know what I mean? Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Hey, hey, funny guy, I got a joke for you. What smells rotten and puts people to sleep? Um, noxious gas? No, your act! <laughs>
0: And there you have it, everybody. That was just part one of my amazing interview with Vince Waller and Mark Ceccarelli. You have to come back next week for part two. It is so, so good and so unbelievably cool to be able to listen to these geniuses talk about how the show was made then and really be thinking about how the show is made today. Honestly, pretty much the same. Uh, (laughs) The only difference is there's more shows. There's just more stuff that they're doing. I've said this before and I will say it again spongebob binge pants has allowed me and frankie to meet people who work on the show and we've realized they are exactly the perfect people to work on spongebob squarepants and this of course is no different mark and vince thank you guys once again for your time from you know in the future from back in the day from the past and anyway whatever my head hurts but please come back next week and in the meantime have a fantastic rest of your holidays enjoy the time with your loved ones hug your friends hug your family tell them that you care about them and we'll see you guys in a week for part two on spongebob binge pants bye